Trade-based and service businesses tend to be heavily male-dominated in terms of the tradespeople on the tools and in the field. But this is slowly changing, which is amazing. But so many wives and partners play a crucial role in the business. Now, whether that be helping with the business or just keeping everything else in life going. Now, tune into today's podcast where I interview Rachel Evans, who is an amazing business owner and an advocate for women who want to step out of the shadows and into their unique abilities. Now, this episode will also be amazing for you blokes who want to see the woman in your life shine to their full potential. Welcome to the Profitable Tradie Podcast, where we talk about hands-on strategies that you can use in your plumbing, electrical, or similar service business to make more money, get some time back, and make your business less reliant on you. Hope you enjoy, and don't forget to follow. Alrighty, team. Tony Fraser-Jones here, host of the Profitable Tradie Podcast. Excited uh, for today's session. Uh, I've ditched my uh, co-host uh, and uh, teller of good stories, Phil Smith. He's taking a break. He's on ice today. And I'm hanging out with uh, my good friend, uh, Rachel Evans, who is an amazing uh, business owner, uh, has a successful coaching business for auto repair shop owners uh, called The Workshop Whisperer, which is an awesome name. And more recently, Rachel has uh, launched an amazing new venture called The Real Rachel, which is dedicated to helping women uh, step into their bravery and reclaim their power. So Rachel, uh, welcome. It's amazing to be hanging out with you today. And uh, I'm a big fan of the red glasses as well. <laughs> Thank you, Tony. Uh, thrilled to be here with you. Uh, a real treat to hang out and have a chat. Uh, looking forward to uh, the discussion. Yeah, I'm looking forward to hearing uh, all the uh, interesting things you've got to, to tell. And you have a pretty amazing story uh, as well. So I think everyone listening will love that, both uh, the ladies and the lads listening. I think this will be amazing. Uh, so we um, got to know each other through a coaching group. Taki uh, Moore is... Um, coach that we both uh, are part of a group in. And I think uh, like we both run coaching programs. One of the best things about coaching programs is actually the people you meet. And uh, you're one of the great people I've met. So it's awesome to to have you on uh, on the Profitable Trading Podcast. Thank you. I very much feel the same way. Lovely. Let's, um, let's talk a little bit about you. I'd love to sort of have a brief history of, of Rachel, uh, some background, I guess, uh, for, for everyone listening, before we jump into some of the, uh, the interesting stuff we're going to get into today. Sure. Uh, I guess the, uh, the first place to start is that um, I'm a wife and mother, uh, blended family. There's six children all together, uh, three, three of mine and three of my husband's. And uh, I have always been in some kind of sales, marketing and mentoring uh, throughout my career. Uh, I gave up the uh, employee game uh, in my late 20s and um, I went into business for myself at, at that point uh, in personal training and group fitness. And that was wow, to... Wow, I, uh, I didn't know that. Yes. I, uh, after the birth of my son, my second child, I really wasn't feeling that great and I knew that I didn't want to go and find a job and be employed again. Uh, one of the things that was very apparent about me very early on was that I see gaps in the way things are done. And uh, I can often be quite vocal uh, at expressing that I see that gap and that we should need to do something about it. And not all of my employers were very welcoming with that kind of feedback. So uh, I, I wasn't feeling well and I wanted to do something that meant that uh, my son didn't have to go into daycare all the time, but 
and I could also help myself. So I turned to uh, fitness and uh, became a personal trainer. And initially, I exclusively uh, marketed to other mums who had small children in prams. And uh, we did Pram Fit. It was my own nice. brand of fitness. Yes. And then uh, that sort of uh, evolved. I became a strength and conditioning coach as well and uh, did outdoor boot camps and uh, also worked with some Premier League men's sporting, uh, sporting teams um, in, with their fitness and conditioning. So I didn't realise it until later, but uh, when you're a, a fitness instructor or a personal trainer, what you're actually mastering is being able to identify what pushes people through their personal comfort barrier and pushes them out of their comfort zone and makes them do things they don't necessarily want to do. So I learned a lot about human behavior uh, when I had a personal training business. And um, around the same time, not long after I'd started that business, my ex-husband uh, decided he wanted to go into business for himself as well. He was uh, a mechanic, an automotive technician, and uh, he had a mobile business to start with. It was my job to look after the books, uh, as it so often is uh, for the wife, yeah. and, uh, and to do the marketing uh, for that business. And I really marketed it the same way as I did my personal training business and uh, used a lot of the same uh, techniques and uh, got a pretty good result. Eventually, uh, we purchased a workshop and uh, I was responsible in the early stages for doing everything that wasn't uh, actually fixing a car. Um, the people listening won't be able to see, but Tony, you'll be able to see my fingernails. There's no way any grease ever got under those. Um, and, you know, the business was really run down. Um, we probably didn't look into it enough before we, we purchased it. And you would have heard the, the story a thousand times, I'm sure, uh, with your clients. Um, no real business plan and not enough capital uh, to fund us through the startup years. So it was a struggle. We had three small children by then. But what I knew to do uh, in growing the personal training business and the mobile mechanic business, uh, I put to work in the fixed workshop. And that helped just basically go from almost no revenue uh, when we took over to uh, hitting seven figures uh, at around the two-year mark. So that got the attention of some of the other local workshops. Uh, there was 15, I think, within a uh, two-kilometre radius. And some of the reps that travel around uh, supply reps um, that visit the different workshops. Uh, one of them asked if I'd consider having a conversation with some of his other customers who he could see uh, were slow paying their bills and, and whatever and presume they were in trouble. And that made me look out into the industry to have a look and see who the mechanic specific coaches were, business coaches, because I'd always been in places where there were industry specific coaches and uh, there didn't appear to be any. And uh, I thought, well, I know how to write a program because before we'd purchased the workshop, I'd actually put my personal training business online back before online programs were even a thing um, in 2011. So I knew how to put it together. I knew how to get people to it online. And I thought, well, if I could document what I'd been doing for the last two years in a systematic way, I could probably help anyone anywhere across Australia and New Zealand. 
I immediately thought about going across the ditch. And um, the workshop Whisperer uh, was born in uh, June of 2014. So just, uh, just over two and a half years after that workshop started. And uh, here we are today, eight years later. Uh, so what I take from that is, uh, like myself, you're basically unemployable. Yes, very much yeah. so. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, always us headstrong ones. Um, mm. That's certainly me. Uh, so, um, yeah, amazing story. And uh, I didn't know about the personal training, so um, that's, uh, that's very impressive. I did do a workout <laughs> this morning. I'm feeling a little bit uh, just now. Um, I actually have the... Um, the record in the office for the smallest biceps oh which is which is quite concerning in fairness to myself there are some big big boys in the office big rugby uh, players yeah and um i was gonna say actually a couple of the ladies in the office are stronger than me in lifting as well they are not big ladies they are just strong ladies let me get that straight because i could feel myself <laughs> getting right in the cart in the shit there um so yeah, but I'm work, I'm working. I'm trying to aim to be the uh, second smallest. So look out, Damo. I'm after you, mate. Um, so Slap what I'd love to know, balls. Rachel. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what I'd love to know, Rachel. What was it that um, that really lit your fire in terms of this this sort of amazing journey of of entrepreneurship and 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 particularly championing the role of of woman in business? I think um, what lights my fire is. Uh, it's, it's going to make me sound like a control freak, but we know we all are in business. But uh, being in control of my own destiny, I think, um, is the number one thing. But, you know, off to the side of that is um, being in control of being able to help and serve others. So, you know, being able to create ways myself. Uh, I'm a visionary. So as soon as I see something, um, I set about reverse engineering how I might achieve that. And when I was an employee, I really struggled with bureaucracy and how slow change was to come about. And I'm a change maker. So I like having, you know, a direct path to being able to create something that's going to help someone else. Uh, Part of what I was doing when I created, you know, that first program, uh, which was an eight-week online program for auto repair shop owners, I, I don't think I, I necessarily realised it at the time, but I was creating it to help my ex-husband who was playing, uh, I wouldn't say normal, uh, but playing a common role uh, as part of a dynamic in lots of marriages where uh, the the male is the hunter, I suppose, and the wife was playing a supporting role to help him in, in that pursuit. The problem was that I have a lot of, um, uh, a lot of drive, a lot of determination, a lot of vision, and it, in many ways I was the one using the masculine energy and uh, I was left to fix lots of problems. And as we, uh, you know, got down the track and we um, were bringing in quite a few auto repair shop owners into our community, I started to notice that I was not alone in this um, wearing or carrying the burden of stress 
for the husband. So I identified that this was something that we needed to fix if we could. Uh, and about 50% of the people even today uh, that reach out to us, it is the wife uh, reaching out first. And, um, and our most successful clients are where the wife and the husband are both involved uh, in our program. They are actually a, a dynamic duo. Sometimes the husband follows in behind being dragged uh, because he just wants to work on the tools and that's where he's happiest. But leaving the responsibility of everything else, you know, the financial responsibility, the team responsibility, the culture building responsibility to their partner actually starts to uh, weigh so heavily that it affects relationships and we could see that happening. So... I very much, um, it has evolved over time where I thought I was helping the husbands uh, to run better businesses. What, I was, what we were actually creating was um, the environment where the husband and wife actually became a team and it was an equal partnership. Um, so it's not just a financial thing that we work on at the Workshop Whisperer, it's a whole of lifestyle. And uh, very happy to say that we've, uh, we've saved far more marriages or help save far more marriages than, you know, have gone the wrong way. Um, through my own experience, especially in the last five years of uh, my first marriage breaking down and the journey that I went on, um, I've really become an advocate of helping other women to uh, realise their own purpose and recognise their own potential and that it's not always necessarily connected to uh, the business that their husband uh, is operating or operated, you know, and, and they were somehow uh, encouraged to come in support or decided of their own accord that they would yeah, do that's, that. That's um, something I'd love to dig into because uh, your your uh, coaching work is with auto repair shop owners and we work with plumbers and electricians mm. and, and other associated subtrades. So there is quite a lot of similarity uh, and not yeah. necessarily in terms of the work, but in terms of the type of business uh, and some of the issues and the challenges that come up. So for, and we see it a lot with husband and wife teams. Um, mm. And often the wife is sort of in there as a supporting role. Uh, and sometimes, honestly, when I, when we're looking at it from coaches, we actually see that the wife is the more capable person. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That, that often happens. Not always. I mean, it's, that's not necessarily a gender thing. It's just a, this is what happens sometimes. So for women who find themselves in that situation, uh, what, what, what is, you know, I guess, what would you suggest they do or, or how would they go about figuring out one, that it's okay to want something? I think that's two and, and not sort of, uh, what's the word? Um, not submit, but uh, sort of put your expectations or, or wants and needs below other people's mm. because I think it's a uh, sort of a maybe a societal challenge that we have some still yeah, it's, seems it's a little condi bit that, conditioning a little bit conditioned over. that that yeah. you know the man's got kind of is the hunter and 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 the woman is kind of in a supporting role how, how would you suggest people navigate that that challenge I think first of all you've got to be really honest with where you're at so how did you come to be in the business first of all, uh, because there can be resentment around that for both parties. Huge. Uh, and I think sometimes, just to speak to something you mentioned um, 
a minute ago about some uh, sometimes the the woman appears to be the more capable uh, in a business sense. I think that's because usually they've been out in careers where they might have been in accounts payable or receivable, or they may have been running a, a another small business of their own. But for whatever reason, um, you know, they decided to go all in on the trade business, and that, uh, you know, originally. And generally, the guys don't get business training in their apprenticeships. They might work a couple of years for someone who also never had any business training. They pick up all kinds of bad habits and then they wake up one day and go, I can do a better job myself and they start a business. Uh, so she does bring with her some external experience, which often makes her more capable uh, of the financials That's, and the team and whatever. Yeah. So true. Yeah. Yeah. So... I think the first of all is awareness. How did you get to be here? Do you feel like you were um, encouraged to put your career on hold for the betterment of running this business because that was better for the family? Was it a decision you um, were happy to make at the time? Like be really honest about that. We teach something called um, entering into an A-grade alliance. So the best husband and wife or indeed, even if it's platonic business partner uh, relationships, are, when, are ones where there is recognition that there can only be one CEO. There's no sharing the role of CEO. There always has to be one final decision maker. 100%. And um, someone can be the operations manager and someone can be the CEO, but there can't be two final decision makers. Um, you have to also... Uh, decide whether you're all in or if you're not you have to be all out so sometimes we'll see um the wife wanting to make financial decisions on whether they'll hire uh you know whether they'll buy another car or buy equipment but that's just a, a semi-permanent thing uh if you aren't there to you know have a true partnership and support all aspects of the business, then you should consider actually stepping away altogether. You can't be, you know, the sometimes uh, business partner. That's a, that's a huge thing because um, uh, I think often, often the, the ladies are sort of on the side a little bit, but then sometimes they're on the side throwing stones as well. That's uh, right. Which is, and that's which where is the another big problem. Starts. Yeah. And so that, that can work both ways and kind of mm. just pulling little, little levers without actually necessarily helping and that's kind of the all and and that that's not that's a you can do that as well obviously a lot uh, but it's, that's all, in, all yeah. in or all out i love that yeah the resentment really starts there if you're just throwing stones from the sideline um and we see as a consequence of um say uh, the wife is not in the business at all um it's a you know solo that the uh the guy is is running it um if stones are being thrown from the sideline, like you're always at work, we never see you, um, you said the money would be coming by now, um, and he's actually working his butt off, but it's just through poor business skills and understanding that all of that is occurring. It's actually really not helpful to be throwing stones. So we, we sometimes have our greatest success um, where we can actually bring the both of them together and it's a, it's in a way, I guess, like relationship counselling. But what would you like to see and what would you like to see? Okay, how do we make that happen? Um, 
so this is where we need to come together on the same page with what the goals are that we're working towards, but having separate reward systems for achieving those goals. So um, in some way, we're all innately driven by, um, you know, whether we have a carrot dangled in front of us or whether we can just drive ourselves. Uh, and those things don't necessarily meet up. So I know with uh, my husband, his rewards often rev revolve around goal. Um, I'm not interested in that. That doesn't motivate me. But, but when we hit a uh, financial goal in the business, um, he'll choose that and I'll choose something else, uh, which motivates me to put in the work and, um, and, you know, do the hard yards. And then there might be something that we enjoy together, uh, travel or, or something like that. So it's really important to understand that what motivates you may not motivate your partner and vice versa and don't try and make them mean the same thing. I see a lot of, of, of women in, in, in uh, business partnerships and in just relationships in general who, who just seem to, uh, I guess, put their needs behind other people's. Mm. And uh, in the long term, uh, I think it does breed a lot of frustration and probably resentment, which is a word you, which is absolute, it's, it's caustic to any relationship. Resentment is, is the yeah. key, is sort of the starting point to where things break down. So have you got any thoughts around maybe uh, you know, women who are listening to that today or, or men who are listening to that who actually, if they really deep down in their heart, realize that kind of they do what they want all the time? and how they might help with that? Yes, I think I actually speak on a topic um, called where motherhood and ambition collide. Ooh, and it. it's what we're talking about where women put their own needs last is something that we've learned from the generations of the past and there's still existing today and it'll be around for probably a good 40 to 50 years if we don't do something about it and may even go on beyond that uh, there's a hangover from our mothers and our grandmothers where there's still many families that grew up without mum working at all so when they come of age and they go into serious relationships and go on to um, on to be married and have children we mimic what we saw our own parents do and so perfect case in point is the the marriage that I had with my ex-husband he came from a model of the world where mum didn't work and dad was the supreme ruler of the household whereas I came from a household where mum and dad did work so my expectation was that I would equally contribute to the financial stability of the household uh, and I would not be the sole carer of the children or the sole keeper of the house uh, that it would be equal. So we see uh, women reach this crossroads where uh, we actually know that there's things we want to do. Uh, we want to contribute. And in some cases, we're more than happy to be the breadwinner. And don't expect for a second that um, our husbands or our other halves should have to do it all. However, where the person that you've married does not come from that same upbringing, their uh, idea may be that, hey, I'll take care of this, you take care of the kids and being at home. That in itself causes resentment if you're someone like me. Even if you're 
more than happy uh, to be primary carer and uh, housekeeper, eventually uh, that may wear off, especially in this modern day with, um, you know, economic responsibilities and cost of living. And, you know, it would be really rare to find a household that doesn't require two incomes. What what the uh, woman in the relationship uh, needs to feel empowered to do is to actually recognise what she would ultimately like to be doing. Is it being at home full time? If it's not that, is it supporting her husband's business? If it's not that, where would she like to be? She needs to be empowered to be allowed to think about what it is. And she needs to be able to have that conversation with her husband. So for the guys listening, um, if you know you you sense resentment, start the conversation yourself. Would you do you actually enjoy being here? Uh, supporting in the business or is there something else that you would like to pursue Um, most of us and certainly you know women 10 or 15 years younger than me that are in their 20s or early 30s um, they have grown up with the idea that they can be any anything they want to be so we often press pause on our career to to go and support in this business. And if you haven't had the conversation with your other half about, do you really want to be here? And, you know, not in a condescending way, but in a supportive way. Is there something else you would rather be doing? Um, because it is conditioned into us that we should wait until our children are grown before we start pursuing our own dreams. Yeah, that's a, that's a huge gift, I think, that everyone could give their relationship is to mm. ask what the other party uh, really wants. And sometimes they may not know what they want, but they might, might know what they don't want. And that's a great place to start. Yeah, uh, and, the and having the space to explore. Yeah, without judgment and without freaking out as well. Because mm. uh, if, you, if, you, if you talk about these things and, uh, and are open and, and respectful, uh, some good stuff comes from that. And it may take a little while. Uh, there's no suggestion that you should throw everything up in the air and just change things tomorrow. Although, you know, you might do that. Uh, but, it, you know, uh, as long as you're committed to working together on it, I think is important. One mm. word that came up for me in this discussion was guilt. Mm. So how does, how does guilt play in a role for, for women who have these expectations, feel like they want to, uh, you know, do something different to what they're doing. Maybe they've got children as well who obviously... Uh, you know, if they are the primary caregiver, there's a lot of responsibility. I mean, that's like two full-time jobs right there. So how does guilt play into that? And how do you, as a woman, deal with that in a, in a constructive mm-hmm. way? So it's uh, guilt in two places. It's mummy guilt. And it's the guilt of if she does leave her husband's side uh, in the business, who's going to deal with this stress? There's often an unhealthy codependence. Um, he dumps the stress and um, she gets significance from dealing with the stress. So mm-hmm. if she's not there, who's going to do that? Um, the mummy guilt comes from uh, judgment, often from other women and from the previous generations. So mother, grandmother, aunts, we didn't work or we didn't work while you were young. And you've turned out really well. So you shouldn't work now. You should be at home raising your children. Your children need you. They're only young for such a short period of time. Um, Spend the time with them. 
And it is, on the other hand, there's very little discussion uh, for the dad on you should be at home with them. Uh, they're only young for such a small period of time. You know, it's um, it's a really contrasting conversation, but it's one that we carry around with us. It's been drilled into us um, that, you know, you your children are your first priority and there's, there wouldn't be a mother around whose children really uh, a healthy mother around whose children aren't her first priority. Even when we're at work, we're still thinking about them. Um, I was uh, speaking all day um, in Sydney a couple of days ago and, uh, you know, the, kid, the calls were coming in from the kids. Major emergencies that we just have to sort out, like we'd run out of Nutella at home, right? <laughs> Uh, so oh yeah where do so I find it, my school shorts or my blouse yes, or yes. right when so, you left it on the floor uh the the problem is that a woman who is determined to be ambitious or identifies herself as being ambitious um that is uh, not a good thing for a woman whereas for a man it's expected that you have ambition and you go out and make something of yourself um, you know, women are told you're too ambitious and your first priority should be your children. So we're, again, we're at the crossroads of where motherhood and ambition collide and we get stuck there if we don't have uh, the people around us who will support us moving through that to follow the path that we can see for ourselves. So we need our own dream team, uh, the people that we can go to, much like a a boardroom uh, for a business or a management team, you know, has the other members of the team to bounce ideas off, to um, be held accountable. We need those people around us. We need to have critical conversations with not only our partners, but our employers, if we choose to go and work somewhere else around flexible working. So four day work weeks, um, which is something that um, we've helped many of our clients roll out. Um, and at the end of the day, um, we need we need to feel confident enough to be able to demand, really. I was going to say ask, but we don't have to ask permission for something that, you know, the other half of the population um, is already granted. Um, you know, it's it's got to be um, the confidence to demand that we're able to have the same opportunities and we don't have to wait until our children are grown up. Yeah, 100%. Uh, I love this. Um, I had a thought that um, we, we've been talking a lot about, you know, the role of woman here and, and uh, having your expectations met and, you know, is it is the business the right place and maybe it's not and mm. you should be able to do your, you know, your own thing and that's 100% true. Um, I always want to flip that on its head a little bit. Uh, my experience is that sometimes uh, for the right couple with the right uh, attributes and values, if they work together in their business, it can be an incredible thing for their relationship in their life. I've just seen some amazing situations. So if it's right, uh, it can be an absolute powerhouse. And, and I think you mentioned it in your, uh, your coaching group, the Workshop Whisperer, uh, when you've got both people on the bus uh, heading in the same direction, those businesses tend to go very well. And we, we find the same thing mm -hmm. in our you know, Million Dollar Trading Coaching program uh, that... Uh, a strong couple uh, who are really, uh, you know, on that business journey together. It's an incredible experience for them, not only in business, but 
sharing life together uh, mm. as they work as well, which is, uh, which is pretty cool, if that's the right thing. Definitely. And we would have as many examples of that like you do, uh, where the husband and wife actually become a dynamo, a powerhouse, and it's getting on the same page, you know, having that A-grade alliance, understanding um, that there's one CEO, that you're on the same page when it comes to the goals that you're striving for. Um, that makes all the difference. Um, and, you know, I'm the perfect example of that. Um, I didn't have that in my first marriage, but I do have that um, with my husband, Dean. And we... Uh, he had a, a coaching business as well when we met and uh, he's since come into the workshop whisperer and for the last three years, um, you know, two like-minded individuals working towards the same goal means we have exponential growth in all areas and um, completely different experience. So what would you say then to the men and the husbands and the partners who really love their wives, want the best for them, but perhaps don't know how to be as supportive or encouraging uh, as they want to be? When you don't know how to help, the best thing you can do is start by asking questions. So we might assume something to be true, um, but that's because we're seeing it through our lens and our filter. So if you're unsure of uh, how to help or where to start with your other half, um, simply ask the question, um, how can I help or how are you feeling about this or are you enjoying this and go from there and if you're still not sure keep asking questions and uh, just remain curious rather than judgmental you might not like the answers that come back but if you sit in curiosity rather than judgment you'll make much more progress together than if you um, you know, run off based on your assumptions. Great relationships require a huge amount of courage. And uh, if you uh, do get an answer that you don't really like, that might be hard to deal with. But I can tell you 100% it's going to be a lot better than dealing with the issues that come up five or 10 years down the track when that resentment and that uh, unfulfillment takes root and the, the relationship communication bonds start breaking down because that's how it sort of starts isn't it? That's right. It's just a little seed when it starts. Yep. But, you know, we have the same thing happening over and over again over the course of five or 10 years. And uh, that seed grows into something um, like a giant weed. Yeah. And I, I think that um, some sometimes the, the guy doesn't want to ask because he knows the answer is that uh, his wife or his partner isn't happy working in the business. And he immediately thinks, oh God, she's going to leave and then what am I going to do? But as we've seen so often with our own clients that have had this uh, realisation is that it's not a cut it off overnight and off she goes. It's a systemized and planned exit. So, you know, it's finding a, a bookkeeper and, and delegating uh, that. It's uh, getting some extra support around HR and documentation. You don't just leave, there's an exit plan and it can be quite orderly and uh, the guy often uh, has the real, realisation through that process that it, he can actually do more of that stuff or um, coordinate more of that stuff than what he first thought and it's a growth opportunity for him as well. And and this is the, the thing that's incredible about couples in business. Uh, we you know, Often they are doing it all and maybe not enjoying it 
and the wife picks up a whole lot of extra work, whether it's payroll or marketing or doing the social media posting or, or whatever, scheduling the work, I mean, uh, pretty much running the business a, a lot of the time. Uh, but if you want to have a holiday as a family and two key people have to leave the business, it's a nightmare. So actually there can be a big silver lining to, to that you know, potential Absolutely. cloud uh, as, mm. as well. Uh, and sometimes we, we find uh, the best partnerships is, um, is uh, where the, the, the lady of the partnership actually sheds all the admin work, which often they send to sit in. So they get an office manager uh, who does all that. And then they elevate themselves to working on a bunch of projects in the business, which is amazing for, for the right person. Mm. They just love that. And once they yes. get out of the day-to-day -day rough and tumble of, you know, the whirlwind, uh, mm -hmm. it's just incredible and the business really flies. So I think the key thing is, you know, be, be courageous in your relationships, have the conversation uh, and realize that um, you can deal with a problem you understand, but for blokes, sometimes we don't even understand there's a problem yeah, uh, because we don't ask. And um, mm. that can, you know, that, that resentment can fruit over years and that's where relationships, you know, they really run into problems. I absolutely agree. And I think if we just, as we said, um, remain curious and remain courageous, be courageous and have the uncomfortable conversations because it's usually where the gold is. 100%. Rachel, this has been amazing. I love your work. Uh, I'm, I'm needing a red pair of glasses because they are incredible. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I really appreciate your insights. This has been amazing. I think everyone listening, both the ladies and the lads are really going to enjoy this and um, keep up the great work, mate. Uh, you're, doing, you're doing good work. Thank you. And uh, thank you for uh, extending me the privilege of uh, serving your listeners. Not a problem at all. Thanks for listening. Now, if you enjoyed the podcast, there's four ways we can help your business. Number one, grab a free copy of my book called The Profitable Trading. And it's at profitabletradybook.com forward slash podcast. Two, join my free Facebook group at profitabletrady.com forward slash group. Three, subscribe to my YouTube channel. Just search Profitable Trady in the YouTube search bar. Or four, Book a free 15-minute phone call to find out about our coaching programs at profitabletrady.com forward slash podcast call. Or if you can't remember any of that, just check out the session notes.